The Choose Love movement offers no-cost solutions that keep our kids safe, providing them with the skills and tools they need to flourish. Join us in our mission to create the world we want to live in, one that's connected and compassionate. Check us out at chooselovemovement.org. Together, we can choose love. This is the Choose Love Podcast. I'm so excited to have Andrea Ackerley and yes. Kim Smith with me today. Kimberly Smith. Yeah. Kimberly Smith. They are the authors of The Dove Who Inspired Beyond Barbed Wire. And mm-hmm. this is a children's book, but it is more than just a children's book. It's a mm-hmm. book for kids and big kids. It's uh, and it's so important right now. And thank you both so much for coming on the Choose Love podcast to talk with us today about what inspired you to write this and to share a little bit about it, especially with worldly events that are going on now. This book is more important than ever. And of course, it was inspired mm-hmm. by Viktor Frankl who wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning, and we're all big fans of his. Uh, He inspired me so much, uh, and we have a lot of uh, that inspiration within the Choose Love programming, Um, but it's also the whole, that his story is the basis of this book. So um, I just, if if it's okay, I'm just going to have both of you introduce yourselves to the Mm -hmm. audience. Hi, I'm Andrea Ackerley. I'm, I've been a school counselor for 15 years. I currently work at Madison Elementary School. And I before I was a counselor, I worked with students who had on the autism spectrum, students with developmental disabilities, and students who had emotional and behavioral difficulties. Um, I do, right now, I'm working with a lot of students who have anxiety and I'd use a lot of mindfulness and, and a trauma-informed approach at school. And I use um, positive psychology, which Viktor Frankl was definitely the father of positive psychology. Um, I use that and um, solution focused. Like that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, his logo therapy, everything that he stood for really embodies positive psychology. It's... Um, a lot. Um, I think it was Paul T. P. Wong that kind of gave him that title of being the the founder of of it of of positive psychology. Yeah. So we have we include a lot of positive psychology yeah. love movement. Yes. Um, and, yes. And I talk about that because if you think about it, before positive psychology came along, everything that we did was because of our negative bias, our focus on what could harm us, what was bad for us. This was 99 out of 100 research and, and scientific reports were based on uh, something that was negative. And with the dawn of positive psychology, all of a sudden we're looking for ways and things that can help us yeah. and, and benefit us. And it, it was a really huge shift and, yeah. in, in thinking and, and feeling and believing. Um, so pretty, pretty amazing. And uh, Andrea, you use Choose Love, correct? Oh, yes. <laughs> I've been using it for six years and I haven't looked back. Because before I was piecemealing different things, mindfulness and yoga and different um, conflict resolution, growth mindset. I had to find it all. And then you embodied everything um, in your program. And my my principal has is 100% supportive of it. Our staff gets um, a refresher course every year. And we use we we um, collaborate. We will. We bring it into every uh, monthly assembly for the whole staff, and I use I I teach it every day to the students because I I teach I go into the cut well, the classrooms come to me so and I I get a chance to to teach them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Kimberly. <laughs> So my turn. Um, I'm Kimberly Smith. Uh, I've been teaching art for decades. (laughs) And um, I got a a master's of ed in neurodevelopment. And I found it really fascinating to um, talk to kids uh, when they understand how their brain works. And I see that you have a lot of that in your program, uh, 
epigenetics. I don't use that term, but you have it. <laughs> and um, so uh, in neurodevelopment, I teach uh, a lot about mindfulness and metacognition. And um, I use growth mindset, grit. We do um, choose love every morning at our school, um, grit. And um, I also use it through therapeutic art. And so we've got, that's, you know, we've got a lot of art projects that help the kids flesh out what we're trying to teach them. And um, I love making original content. So here we are. Yeah. Uh, we made a book and we're making yeah. uh, projects that reflect each uh, pro, uh, each page. And um, so, yeah, we, we felt like we put a lot into it. We put the, the, the story, uh, the story such that just about any age could, could look at the story and, and not be terrified by it. But that was, you know, a big thing. We really felt like we had the background to do it. Um, and then uh, we have the what to do with this positive psychology. And um, then we have the quotes. And we also have a treasure hunt in the back, which is uh, explains all the little secret uh, messages in each page. And that's especially good for uh, the younger children who might not find the, the reading part might be a little over their heads. But the message is mm -hmm. not. So we've tried to find a way to do all of that. So um, so we're really excited. Um, and uh, we've been working on this for, what, three or four years. So it may be timely. But it's kind of like timely forever. I think that positivity is something that we all need to work on. So I agree. And it's so interesting. So you're actually talking about Viktor Frankl's life. You're talking about his time in the concentration camp. And you're talking about positive psychology and positivity. Yeah. Those things seem to be polar opposites. How do they come together? Well, I would say the first thing that um, Viktor Frankl, uh, when the light bulb went off for him, uh, yeah. when he was in the concentration camps and he saw people finding ways to um, find joy, whether it was the sunset or sharing a piece of bread or uh, finding, a, you know, seeing a bird flying in the sky, something very small but meaningful. Um, and it was such a contrast with some of the other people who lost their hope. And when they lost their hope, they did not do well. Yeah. And you know what? For those who aren't familiar with Viktor Frankl and his story, mm -hmm. would one of you mind sharing that with our audience? Kim, do you want to take that? Sure. Um, well, Viktor Frankl uh, was a psychiatrist. And um, he, so he went into the concentration camps with this training that. Oh, so he um, was Jewish. Yes, he was Jewish as well. Yes. And this was um, World War II. Yeah, right? I'm missing all those good parts. Um, yes. And so, but his lens when he was in, and he was in numerous concentration camps, um, his lens was that he was looking at it as a prisoner, but also as a doctor of the mind. And um, so it was really something kind of different than a lot of the old kind of psychology um, perspectives. And that's what really drew me to him. Um, I read his book many years ago, and I've read it a number of times now because there's so much in it for people to get. So I would recommend to anybody, read Man's Search for Meaning, and then our book can help you explain it to everybody in your family and your friends and young people. So yeah, I always say Man's Search for Meaning should be mandatory, required yes. for for yes. high schoolers 100 yes. and it's a really hard story because it talks about the, the holocaust and yeah. where millions yeah. of people were you know brutally extinguished in one of the most heinous acts of racism and yes. uh, it, it's really a hard story um so hard that some people say it didn't happen. Uh, and I'm familiar with that because of course I have some people saying that Sandy Hook never yeah. happened because that's also a hard story, but certainly yeah. not in the league of the Holocaust. But the amazing thing about Viktor Frankl was that he used that time as an experiment and he watched how people who had everything taken from them, their families, 
all of their, like Victor Frankl's family was immediately gassed when they were yeah. taken off the cattle car. Just so that's where he started. And uh, all their material possessions were taken. They were beaten and tortured. They were starved. They were stripped of their clothing and dignity. And even in those worst of the worst situations, he's watching around him. And I think for different concentration camps, yeah. as he moved around, he was watching how people got through. And he found that it was a choice, this this incredible superpower of choice and, and how they couldn't choose what happened to them because nobody would ever choose that. No. But even in that situation, they could choose how they thoughtfully responded. How to react. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so those that responded with love and kindness not only survived better, but they survived longer. And I'm curious because it's such an incredible story for young, for let's say teens yeah. and, and and us big kids. But why did you think that it was important to share this story with younger kids in in a children's book? I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. There was there was nobody nobody had written a book for younger kids, and yeah. I think it was because of the content, like you were saying. And add to that, that you have to figure out a way to illustrate it, which mm -hmm. I illustrated the book, without mm -hmm. having shocking images. And honestly, what I've seen, I don't know about you, Andrea, but um, the, the most uh, emotional image for kids to see is the swastika. It's on one of the first pages. And um, I don't know um, that anybody's ever really talked to them about it, but it really is a very bold and striking image. So um, we felt that we just had that we had the right training to put it together. Mm -hmm. um, so pat on our backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely pat on your backs. That's why I asked you to come onto this podcast because Thank I think you. brilliant, uh, especially with what's going on in the world today. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm sure, but I'm just speaking from my own perspective. I am still in shock that this uh that that we're we're having uh what's going on today go on uh, this mm -hmm. this rise of anti-semitism is just mind-blowing and it's like i i can't even believe you know starting with uh the war in ukraine and then moving to where we are now mm -hmm. it's like don't we learn anything and and what 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 is going on? What are we teaching our kids, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, that we're seeing out there in the world. And so I think, wow, so something like this is really necessary. And I think the way that you did it was uh, just brilliantly done. It's not too much, but it's enough to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, I'm enamored by the quotes because we use some of the same ones in the Choose Love movies. Yes. Uh um, yes, I, like your your uh, quote in um, in your uh, curriculum, you, there was a number of quotes that I thought were similar. Like you, Brooke, Booker T. Washington's quote um, ties in with um, a guy from the town I teach in, Henry Wilson, who was a vice president of the United States under Ulysses S. Grant. So this is where my thing with role models started was um, nobody knew who he was. These were kids going to the Henry Wilson Memorial School and they didn't know who he was. And um, so I started explaining what he had done. He had had a terrible childhood. That's the short story. And he went on to be vice president of the United States, and he was um, very much uh, anti-slavery. And the quote you had um, on um, Booker T. Washington is so similar to what uh, uh, the quote on, uh, do I, did I write it down? Yes, Henry Wilson. He talks about the black men of this country everywhere. Remember this, while a black man is as good as a white man, a white man is as good as a black man. See to it that while you are striving to lift yourselves up, that you do not strive to pull anybody else down. Mm -hmm. I just love that. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started uh, working on um, coming up with other role models. And so here's Viktor Frankl. He's just a fantastic role model. But there are other people who are role models all around us. Yeah, and they may not be flashy, uh, famous people, but um, we're doing um, project now that we're developing on role model graffiti. And if if I could, can I just tell you a little bit about that? Yes, please. Um, so uh, we wrote a, a story, a lesson about. Uh, I do graffiti. In fact, 
I, I, I used to do graffiti. Well, I still do sometimes, but you know that one? Compassion in Action. I, I bet you've heard of that one. I love it. And oh, we need, so to, we, we need to share that in our daily dose, please. Oh, okay. yeah. However, however, I can email it to you or I that kind of thing. It. Yes. But um, then we were thinking about these kids, especially in rural areas, they don't have... Um, they, they might see people on TV that they think is a role model, but the attributes that you want to, you know, develop. And we're we have a, a, what was that? I said we're on their cell phone. Oh, yes. Yes. You've got the so, influencers now, you've got movie stars, you have all these other people. Yes. And so, so like, what is a role model? Really? And what is mm -hmm. a role model? What what do we look for in role models? Somebody who has one. Yeah, we have one. This is a, a gal who uh, used to teach at our school, the, the older woman. Mm -hmm. She um, went blind. Mm -hmm. She had some uh, really rare uh, disease called pseudosantha something or other elasticism. She lost her sight. And all she can think about is, um, you know, doing her best to she she paints i don't know how she does it but she also helps people she says that um at least i can um talk to people and ask them how they're doing and really listen to what their answer is She's like, mm -hmm. so it doesn't role models can be a lot of different kinds of people and we that's another thing that i like to teach kids and nobody's perfect so if you're looking for the perfect person to be a role model that yeah Everybody has something good you can take from them. You can learn something from everybody, I think. So yeah, we want to teach kids that a role model or a hero is somebody that most likely has overcome adversity. And so when we when we think about who 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 is our audience for this, it can be upper elementary, it can be middle school, it can even be high school, because it could lead them into reading Man's Search for Meaning if they're older. Mm -hmm. um, but I, oh, when you mentioned Ukraine, I, had, I have a little girl at my school from Ukraine, and after I finished reading this, she looked up at me and said, that book made me happy. And I think she, she related to it in some way that, that um, anybody can, you can get through difficult experiences and become stronger and and learn from it and then help other people, help other people that have been through the same thing. And that's what, what you know, one of the biggest messages from the book that we want people to, to learn from. And it's actually, it, it, there's actually a scientific term for that. This is another thing that we teach. It's called vicarious post-traumatic growth. Mm. And so, simply reading so post-traumatic growth is when you grow through trauma it's exactly what it sounds like yeah. and uh when you when you listen to or even read about someone else's trauma and how they moved through it that you can actually learn from them vicariously and experience that growth within yourself without having to go through a situation like that which is why victor frankel's story is so powerful because of course we never want to be in a situation like that it's important that we continue to learn from that situation but the fact that he can go through the worst of the worst and watch so much suffering and bring something positive out that we can benefit from is is simply stunning yeah it gives your life meaning, man's search for meaning. Man's search for so. meaning. And, you know, the other thing that I to love. To choose about, love. <laughs> it's choosing mm -hmm. love, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I really liked uh, on page two, you have a little uh, line and it says, Hitler was motivated by hate. Mm -hmm. Victor was motivated by love. Mm -hmm. And I always say uh, the difference between love and fear and we know that hate is built upon fear uh the the outcomes of those choices are vastly different and wow what an example of this is you you learn that hitler um you learn why he hates the jewish people 
and you you learn a little bit about his pain and how he did not manage it, how it grew into hatred mm-hmm. and uh, resulted in in his extermination of of millions and millions and millions of people. And Victor, being motivated by love, you see how strong that is. That he could not only withstand the suffering and torture and torment that he endured, having lost his family immediately upon coming to the concentration camp. So all these lessons were learned following the loss of his entire family. Mm. But you you see how strong choosing love is in that response. And wow, then it just boils down to the choice that we make. And that's a, that's a really, that's one of the most powerful and important lessons that we can learn in life. And I think we all need, we all need to learn it. We We all need to learn it it. because you know what? We, we also have a prison program and I work a lot in prisons, but those men and women, they didn't know they had a choice. And by the way, how would you, if no one told you? That you can choose something different than what you feel in the moment. It's a really important lesson. So, uh, you know what, um, Kimberly, I want to come back to the artwork in this book because I am, well, I don't know if you can see my background, everybody. Uh, Yes. It's the starfish poster. And this is something that we sell on our on our site store and uh it's uh it's actually depicts jesse as of course it does yeah yeah walking along the beach picking up starfish and it's from the story um uh the starfish story which is you know the little boy picking up starfish the older man coming the other way Mm -hmm. saying what are you doing and the little boy says well the tide's gone out all these starfish are stranded and, and uh i have to pick them up and throw them into the water they're gonna die the older man says you know, chuckles and says, oh my gosh, there are tens of thousands of starfish all over this beach. If you worked all day, you'd never make a difference. The little boy pauses, picks up a starfish, throws it into the water and says, I made a difference with that one. And uh, so that's what this depicts. Um, That's actually a focus that we're going to have this year, by the way, starfish moments, those little acts of kindness that we can choose to do. But I actually painted this with my art instructor. I've been taking oil painting for over 30 years and uh, so, so I especially appreciate, I mean, anybody would appreciate the artwork in this book, but I, can, especially- I, can I just say, you got your, you got your son's smile. Oh, oh. You captured his smile. So. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I know it was him. <laughs> thank you. And I will admit, Jane, if you're listening, I'm not taking credit for it. The face was Jane. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, to me, to me, doing faces, uh, painting faces, is the hardest thing. It, it is. Yes, there he is, and ja- and actually, Jane illustrated the children's book as well. Yeah. Ja- yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I love painting faces, though. I love working on it and learning how to do it because I feel like it's so intimate. Especially my kids, I get to you know, it's it's uh, outlining the shape of the eye and the shape of the lip and the the curvature of the smile. It's just so, it's so wonderful. Um, <laughs> but, really, yeah, pretty. Yeah. And uh, your water is good too. Oh, that's her water too. Actually, I'm wondering. <laughs> like, I did a lot of the underpainting. <laughs> Uh, the assistant, right? The, like the assistant to Michelangelo, they would go in and they would do the undercoating and then Michelangelo would come in and he'd do the flourishing on the top. <laughs> well, you know that who said 10,000 hours of practice makes you an expert? Uh, yes. I know I read it in Malcolm Glad- one of Malcolm Gladwell's books, but um, it takes more time than we imagine. And I tell that to my kids because they will, you know, say, I can't do it. But growth mindset, 10,000 hours, and yeah. That's so. right. And and art is such an, a beautiful expression of what we're feeling. And so can you can you explain how you actually did this work? Because there's lots of different things that are included. And uh, I'm I, I there's so much in here and so many different uh, it's not just painting. It is uh, like decoupage and different textures and uh, added it like different items added in here. Can you describe to people that are listening and uh, and 
it's hard, it's hard when you have backgrounds to actually see some of these gorgeous pictures, um, but they're really, really amazing. Can you describe how um, you did them? Yes, um, I, I collect stuff. People know that and they give me lots of stuff. I have lots of stuff. <laughs> and um, what I would do is we, you know, we, we did that. We did the text first and we we redid the text and we redid the text. But then I would start gathering materials and creating a composition. And um, I did some stamping on there. Um, I know the mask page. Uh, it all started with a draw pull that I thought was really beautiful or the mandala of meaning that's Victor Frankl's uh, terminology was uh, a couple pieces of jewelry. And I know I made the, the scales of balance, the, the legal scale, I, I built that out of some things. Um, so I feel like uh, if you're an artist, you, you have to prime your brain for looking for, for decisions that you're gonna make about color or, or collage or mixed media and as also through teaching i think I've, i just use everything so and uh really the first few were really not very good i don't know if you remember that andrea <laughs> i just throw things at them. Oh, so yeah it was all amazing so yeah but it's it all was amazing and then the cool thing is because of the way that you did this you have uh, a treasure hunt in the back because we, you know, we always like to make everything a lot of fun and yeah. uh, the treasure hunt, finding clues in the illustrations as another way to learn is pretty yeah. cool. On each page, you have little things that you have um, pulled out to look for, like Star of David, worn by Jewish prisoners, um, Nazi symbol used by the people who follow Hitler, uh, an example of a prisoner's uniform. Um, two things nobody can take from you. <laughs> Looking through, that is really cool. Three hearts, yeah. symbols of love. That's yes, cool. and it was it was really um, meaningful. But when you go back to the idea of uh, priming your brain for for looking at art. Um, Sometimes people miss things because they're they're not used to looking. So that's another reason why we did the treasure hunt. So it's it's good for the younger kids to learn through, but it's also good so you don't miss part of the story. So yeah, that's really cool. And then so in the author's notes, you have how to explain the Holocaust to children. Okay, and I that's think Andrea. That yeah, for, for those listening, we have a lot going on in our world today. And I yeah. mean all the way back to uh, school shootings here in America. I know we have lots of parents and even educators that ask us, how do we explain these things? Do we, it makes us uncomfortable, um, rather not have to do it. Do you do it in the program so we don't have to do it? And, and, uh, and so how, you know, for those listening, um, you figured it out because you have a children's book about the Holocaust, <laughs> really kind of uh, amazing. So, so what kind of, what are the ground rules for talking about really hard things? Like for instance, what's happening today to our children and, you know, mm -hmm. how do we do that? What, what should we think about? Well, you want to ask them what do they already know you want them to name it to tame it name the feeling that they're they're having about it um you want you want to have them give them a space to talk about it and then you as, as a parent or as a teacher you you want to figure out how what beforehand what you're going to share because there is a there is a point where you can share too much things that they they're not ready for so you have to determine the developmental level of the student or the or your child and and because what they're really looking for they're looking for a they're looking to feel safe they want to feel safe and they're looking for you to comfort them and to tell them everything is going to be okay and you can assure them of certain things that you know th these are the things i can promise you that we're you know these are the, th the safety measures i have in place or if it's at a school this is what we do here at school to keep you safe um and that and then you just you, you tell that when they feel they feel comforted knowing one i can express my emotions and you're giving me this place to do that and two i 
I have a plan. We have a plan in place and I'm going to trust the people that are here to take care of me that we're going to follow through with that plan. Um, do you have any more questions about that? I don't know if I answered it totally, but I... Yeah, no, I think it's really important. And I think it's important to talk about right now because um, a lot of people feel uncomfortable and they don't want to talk to their kids about it. Yeah. But their kids are talking about it. And even yeah. if not, they are having fearful thoughts and they know a lot more usually than we think that they do. And mm. so what I've been telling parents to do is uh, who are feeling helpless, um, you know, and their kids are struggling with anxiety and uh, they are as well. I say, you know, make a call to your school if you're talking about school safety in yeah. front of your kids. Let them know that you are concerned and uh, or care at least that you are on top of it mm -hmm. that the safety nice. in the school is that you know about it and that you're okay with it uh and then of course i always say you know that's about the the physical safety the um you know the the locks the door locks and and all of those measures the external measures but also ask about the proactive and preventative measures, such as the programming that's there. Um, yeah. what, what kind of programming do they have? Because of course we know that that addresses the grievance end of the pathway to violence that the Department of Homeland Security uses. Usually violence starts with a grievance. And when you give kids and big kids the skills and tools they need to manage that grievance, then it doesn't escalate. So at, so right, we know that this is a necessary component of school safety, providing these essential life skills, um, how to manage our emotions, how mm -hmm. to have healthy relationships, how to connect in, in healthy and meaningful ways um, and, and more. And, uh, and these are things that you have to learn. They're not innate. And so making sure that a school not only has one, but actively promotes it, embraces it. It's a part of every day and also has a home component so the parents can do it as well. So, so, so important. And, uh, and you know, the interesting thing is once you have the courage, because it does take courage to make yeah. that call and you don't know what's going to be on the other end of the line if they're going to be. Uh, okay with the questioning or not. But once you do that, your kids see you do that and they will more likely speak out and uh, and and it, it enhances your own self-confidence and um, you're more likely to do something else in some other area of your life. Uh, yeah. You feel more in control. Yeah. It's, it's good all the way around. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about that because you do it here in a very masterful way. So, um, and it's a great example, by the way, um, parents and educators listening of how to tell a, a, in story form, which is also a great way to talk about something very difficult if you explain the story behind it. I mean, explaining a little bit of Hitler's background, explaining a little bit of Viktor Frankl's background, so you kind of understand a little bit more of the why, uh, as and as Viktor um, always teaches, if you understand the why, what is that quote that he has, you can endure. You can deal with almost any how. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Now we have some questions, potential questions that the, the kids could ask and um, ways to answer that. And I, one time when I read it, I did walk the kids through, tell me how Victor sh chose courage shows courage how did he how did he choose well he definitely well we'll go back to gratitude how did he choose gratitude what did he have to do while he was in the concentration camps and then i asked about forgiveness and that's a huge one and then compassion and action but um the forget going the back formula to for those of you listening right yes yeah. i think it was really important because i mean i was so inspired why choose love um while i was while kimberly and i were writing this that um but yeah going back to forgiveness um that's a really tough one for the kid for kids to understand i think that's the hardest one yeah they don't and yet wasn't um, it tick not han that said people um hold on to their their uh their where they are they're at because they prefer the suffering that's familiar 
to trying something new. I think there's a few people yeah. who have said something like that. Mm -hmm. so. And we just really want kids to know they they can be their own hero. They can be they can make a choice to stand up for somebody else. And Kimberly, actually, didn't you see you you got to hear um, the the woman, the the Holocaust survivor, Katie Preston. Katie Preston. Yeah, um, um, I just read an article with her. Uh, and um, she she wrote a. Um, uh, do you have the book there, Scarlett? I don't. I'm writing her name oh. down because I haven't heard uh, of Katie her. Preston, yeah. and okay. she um, wrote a an auto autobiography of her life and um the thing that struck me most i mean she came so close to being captured by the nazis she was uh the short story is she was hiding out in a barn excuse me in a barn and these soldiers came and she had been told to tuck herself in the eaves and cover herself with you know the the whatever horses grain you know you can tell I don't. Hey, I've never had horses, but anyway. Hey, since I do have, and they're horses. feeling around, and they almost touched her. I know, yeah. terrible of me, but anyway, um, she she gives a great presentation, and um, she is uh, her story really describes how her parents uh, taught her to feel a good sense of herself because she had a lot of you know things go on in her life and she's still she's still with us and she's involved with the cohen center in Keene, new hampshire which is for holocaust and genocide uh studies and she um does a lot with the wright museum in wolfboro new hampshire which is uh, a world war ii museum and that is the greatest museum i don't have any any relatives who went through world war ii but it is an amazing museum yeah. so oh, wow um so I did get to hear her speak. That's incredible. And if we could go back for a minute to forgiveness, um, forgiveness is is hard. Mm -hmm. In fact, this this uh, this month, the schools are actually doing forgiveness. I'm not sure when this podcast will come out, but it doesn't matter because forgiveness is a really important lesson for everyone. In fact, I woke up this morning thinking that forgiveness is the most valuable gift that you can receive and give. Yes. Um, and so how do you talk about forgiveness when you're talking about the Holocaust and you're talking to kids? I'm curious, and I'm sure everybody listening is curious. When I did the lesson, I, and they had all these questions about it, I, I explained to them that Victor he watched his friends choose revenge and he, he saw what it did to them. And he, he didn't want to make that choice. He wanted to go on and live. He wanted to go on and love, find love again. And he did find love again because he, he had lost his, his wife at the time was murdered in the Holocaust and, and she was pregnant. And she, and say, uh, I've heard that. What I had heard, and I don't know what is true, but that the Nazis had made her abort their child before she went in. But, you know, this. I didn't hear that. I never yeah, heard that. Yeah. When, um, but she, when he, um, when he was finally free, he was racked with guilt. I mean, not with guilt, with, um, with grief. I'm sorry. Um, he was, it was really hard for him to go on. And he, so he had to decide Am I going to forgive the people that did these things to me? Um, and it was a huge relief for him. He when he finally made that choice, because then he was able to he was able to let it go. It's like the example that you use in your lessons where uh, I had the kids have to hold on to one end of the string and then I hold on to the other and I carry they follow me along and I explain that that's what it is when you aren't able to let go of the anger when you when you when you aren't able to forgive you're you're just carrying this person around with you everywhere but then when you can say i'm letting go of the anger i'm taking my as you say personal power back i'm letting love in i'm letting go you can let go of the string and you can let that you can you can forgive and and move on um and that's that that's how i explain it to them but i some some will understand it and some, some will still have a difficult time with it. Um, yeah, we need some forward movement. 
to get out of that. Yeah. It's being stuck, you know. I mean, so. it, it provides tremendous perspective. And mm -hmm. I know that uh, I've heard from other people that my story does that as well, because I chose to forgive Adam Lanza, who murdered mm -hmm. Jesse at Sandy Hook Elementary School. And so people are like, oh, my God, I, I, I if she can do it, I can do it. And yeah. of course, we know that's true. If if I can do it, I know that's true. If I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> And, uh, and, and it's the reason, uh, similar to Victor Frankl, that I've been able to go on and have joy and awe and wonder in my life it, it, because of forgiveness and because I did not want to continue to be a victim. And I knew that if I was, then my 12-year-old son would be because he was learning from me by example. And I thought, right. how do I want him to grow up after this? Do I want him to carry this around? Do I want him to feel resentment and anger for the rest of his life? The, thus victimizing himself uh, as well to Adam Lanza, mm -hmm. just like his little brother. Or do I want him just to let it go and there's nothing he can do about it to mm -hmm. learn from it, grow through it, be strengthened by it, and then move forward. And that's um, that was part of my motivation for forgiveness, honestly, because mm -hmm. I wanted us to be able to move forward and have joy. And this was the only way that I knew to do it. But I'll tell you this, 11 years later, and I'm constantly researching, there's no other way that I know other than forgiveness. To meaning to that you have such a you're you found meaning in a big way <laughs> yeah and so that's just i mean look at how many people you've helped so it's well, a good let's, thing let's talk about meaning because that's pretty interesting because victor talks about meaning um what is his do you have one of his quotes that talks about meaning at the bottom of one of these pages because he talks about meaning um different ways to find meaning it's it's part of our book yeah um, let's talk you know, about that can we because that's yeah. such an important lesson too yeah i mean he talks about how to find um different ways to find meaning and and one of the biggest ones is the one that we've been talking about is through difficult experiences and um unavoidable suffering and you can find meaning in those experiences and um that that's a tough one for our kids also to understand but what it does for them is helps them to know that they can have post-traumatic growth and and become stronger but then he talks about finding meaning through nature and artwork and in love of course um helping somebody else experiencing culture um we um are you on page 11 we can show um oh yes this is the, the the mandala that Kimberly made with Ooh, the different the ways meaning. to find meaning. Yeah, Ooh. meaning mandala. Yeah. Meaning mandala. That's yeah. that's beautiful, and that's from Victor. Those are the the six basic ways that you can find meaning. Okay. If you go into uh, you know the the man search for meaning, there's some longer, more um, sophisticated ways to say it, but well, that yeah, wasn't we our goal. We had it wasn't to, our goal. no, yes, we, we, he, he, um, we had to put his words in kid-friendly language as we, we said, right. um, I, I, do you want me to read page 11? Because I really, please. Okay. <laughs> you can find meaning by experiencing the positive consequences of goodness, truth, beauty, nature, culture, and love. Look for the good in others and you will find it. Choose to be truthful and honest. Mm. Look for the inner beauty in everyone. Mm. Go outside and explore nature. Appreciate and learn from the differences and cultures around you. Love, just love, it is that simple. Wow. <laughs> that is so powerful. It's so that, choose love. It's so your program. It's so it's so beautiful. And you know, I think that um taking taking that and and uh 
escalating it just a little bit because we're talking about a really difficult story. It's pretty amazing that you can find meaning in hurtful events. And uh, even, even beyond that, uh, what we teach with the bigger kids is that you can assign meaning. And it's really important, the meaning that you sign assign to the painful event that will shape your future. And that's just a, a little bit, um, a little bit more advanced. That's the next level learning, but so important. And something, by the way, uh, that is uh, something we need to focus on every single day. It's like, yeah. where, where do we focus our thoughts that become mm -hmm. our words, that become our actions, that become our destiny. Yes. Where do we focus? Um, this is such a great reminder, this mandala of meaning, uh, where mm -hmm. we should be focusing. And it's nature, love, goodness, looking mm -hmm. for, think yes. about the concept, yes. looking for the goodness, the light. That, by the way, yes. exists in everyone, every yes. single person, yes. that person that cut you off, that person in your family that's, that's you know, really hurt you, uh, the, the prisoner, uh, the former school shooter. There, I mean, there is a light in every single one of us. And if someone it, it cares enough to look for that, that's the connection that we all crave. And that is nurturing, healing, mm -hmm. love looking for the goodness. I think about how many people, and I see this happening in front of me and I have to say something, maybe that's why I'm not hanging out with anybody right now, but um, people look to be offended a lot of times, you know, they, mm. they um, and, and I know that it's the way our brain is wired. We are, our brain just wants to keep us safe. And so mm -hmm. really naturally we kind of do look out for those things that might be hurtful. Our brain is constantly scanning for those. Mm. And it's really almost uh, an override to look for the goodness in someone else. One of the one of the things that I remind myself is, you know, if I'm if I'm speaking with somebody and they're saying something that hurts my feelings or something that I don't align with, I think, uh, where are they coming from? Are they coming from a point of goodwill? And if they have goodwill, then mm -hmm. uh, then it's easier to move towards compassion. Then if perhaps they're trying to harm you, obviously, then you need to protect yourself. Um, be defensive, right? I mean, right. or emotionally. But if that person has goodwill and they're, they're hurting you anyway, it's coming from a point of pain. So that's where the compassion comes mm -hmm. out. And then and reconciliation, hopefully, and healing. Um, gosh, just all these, all these lessons. And, uh, and this, this book is perfectly seeding them in kids so that they can grow up and, mm -hmm. and, and understand this stuff. It's amazing to me how many people, when I ask an audience, uh, and I don't often, but, um, I do often, you know, as you guys know, because you choose love, sh uh, share the Viktor Frankl quote, in between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space lies our freedom and power to choose. And in our choice, basically, you know, lies lies where our lives are going to go. That's not exactly how it goes. Um, but but it's, um, and then I'll say, has anybody read Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning. And I'm just shocked that not many hands go up, maybe one or two. Yeah. And it's uh, so important. I, I really, I, I would say to everybody that's listening, run, don't walk out to <laughs> get your copy of The Dove Who Inspired Beyond Barbed Wire, because it is an absolutely amazing book. I was so oh amazed by it yeah. that I wanted to do a whole podcast on it. <laughs> and, you know, maybe just to wrap up a little bit now, um, how, how do you want to make any comments about um, what's going on now and how you think this book, um, especially now with all of the conflict in Gaza and Israel, how this book can help us now? Well, it is so relevant now. And um, Mitch Alb Album also wrote a book. Um, he wrote a new book called um, Little Liars. Um, every, a lot of people that are listening probably know Tuesdays 
with Maury and one, of my um, one more day. Me too. Oh, yeah. Um, so you did, and, and um, his new book takes place during the Holocaust, uh-huh. during the Holocaust. Um, and he he was just on a podcast with um Kathy Heller, who's amazing too. I don't know if you know. Yes. Kathy. But um, she um, but he was asked this question too because he started writing his book before before all of this happened in Israel. Um. But I mean, I would, I would similar to what we're trying to do is make a positive change. And I, that as far as I just want everybody out there to feel proud and about who they are. And then, and also respect and honor other people's differences. And it's, it's just, it's okay it's okay to disagree and it's okay not to have the same values, but it's, it's not okay to respond with violence. Um, and just my message to everyone is just to choose kind and to choose love. And that's what we want. We, we want to be part of the solution, not the problem with our book. Yeah. Well, I think that um, there are, I think uh, you alluded to this, Scarlett, people will, sometimes want to pull you into their narrative. And if it's not a narrative I agree with, I- I'm just going to move forward with my narrative, which is positive. And, you know, looking at every human being you meet and looking for something wonderful about them. Because yeah. everybody has some sort of, you know, learn something from everyone. I always say that. And um, they may not present in a way that you uh, think that you're going to like them. But I can't tell you how many times I've been in a grocery store or, 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 you know, out and about and strike up a conversation with somebody that I don't know what to think of them. And suddenly I find that they have so many other layers of goodness. And um, so if you don't if you don't step out there and spread the love, you're not going to find out how many people can take that. So if somebody was to come to me and want to have a conversation about um, Israel and Hamas, I mean, you could have a war of uh, facts or you can just choose love and find your meaning. And so to me, it's just like, don't get don't pull me in. I'm going to send you something positive to think about. I mean, the, the problem with intolerance is that we don't learn and grow. When we are too afraid, and it does come from fear, to be able to listen to another opinion. And this happens all out of fear. If you look at the research behind fear, it is Uh. like putting physical blinders on your eyes. It reduces your peripheral vision, but it also reduces your ability to listen to somebody else's point of view. It makes you seek out and only opinions that are your own so that we can feel safe. We feel safe and validated when we hear somebody who has our own opinion. The problem with that is they're just preaching to the choir. And but confirmation bias. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and if you have the courage to be present and to listen with respect someone else's opinion you could actually learn something um one of the one of the lessons in the high school talks about the 10% right rule and <laughs> the thinking that when you're listening to someone else who and it may be a difficult conversation um you listen for instead of you know a lot of times we listen to respond or we want to you know <laughs> prove ourselves right But instead, if you listen for the 10% that the other person is right, because uh, usually in a conversation, you know, you have two people and they both think that they're right. But in reality, each one has to have at least 10% right. And when we're listening for that 10% right, then we can learn and expand ourselves. And if we don't have the courage to listen to somebody who doesn't share our opinion, we can't learn and grow. And and that is why we're here on earth. And we- It's a bridge to compromise, right? 
bridge mm-hmm. to compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly we're here to choose love and to meet others on that bridge of compromise. It's not always easy, but that is also uh, the the responsibility of parents, but it's also the responsibility of educators to be able yeah. to get kids to be able to do that. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just to kind of wrap things up, because unfortunately we only have an hour. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to, you know, I, I love the way that you define the goal of writing this book, which was for positive change and to be part of the solution. You're speaking my language. <laughs> um, do you guys want to leave our listeners with with any anything, any other thoughts or, or uh, wisdom? Uh, yes, I, I just think that you'll be able to have lots of spark great conversations with your students by by reading this book with them and doing the we have lots of activities that go with it, a lot of artwork that Kimberly has created. Um, uh, we one thing that I did with my students is um, we did a statue of responsibility out of model magic because Viktor Frankl wanted to have a statue of responsibility to on the West Coast to complement the Statue of Liberty. And actually, if you look into it, um, it is actually happening soon. Um, in Utah. It's going to be in Utah. Yep. Um, and they hope to have this um, erected in 2026. Um, but I, yeah, this is, there's so much you can do with this book. And I'm just really excited that it's going to be out there um, and have, we, we make, like I said before, we want to make positive change and create resilient, strong, kind human beings. Mm, I love that. Kimberly, <laughs> what did you hold up? Just oh, I have all kinds of things. Um, quickly. Yes. Um, these are the quotes from the book. And in the quote, you find a, an affirmation. And there's so many good uh, pieces of content in there. This one says, I can change suffering to love. Mm. So we do that one with the kids and adults. We've, we've had adults do it too. Um, this one is a victory mask collage. And we call it our QAE. You put a quote in the top. We provide quotes to pick from. Um, and then a, um, uh, a um, action and then an emotion that would make you feel. So it's not just a uh, an art thing, it's some thinking. And then for the big one, the big kahuna, um, we did a whole uh, curriculum on um, self-building. And we shared it with uh, some kiddos, not some kiddos, some, some uh, educators. And educators like to make stuff. So each one of the tags has a goal, self-responsibility, selfish family member. Um, let's see what's in the middle. I'll give you one more. Um, self is mindful person. And then you set a goal and depending upon your, how your class runs it, if you're doing it with a third grade class or a seventh grade class, and then they work to accomplish those goals on them, on themselves. And yes, this is an old lampshade. Oh, that's what I thought. I was going to ask, what's written on the lampshade? Invest in yourself. And it's a personal development. It's all about personal development, which I think should be a lifelong journey. And we want we want kids to start as early as possible. Also, you can find us on Facebook by the name of the book, The Dove Who Inspired Beyond Barbed Wire. And if you want to find our curriculum and all of that. Okay, so the curriculum associated with this as well. Choose love. Oh, choose love. Yes, there it is. The formula. I love that. That's fantastic. Altered books with that. Okay, beautiful. And then uh, so if they want to run out and buy this, which I highly suggest that everybody listening does, even if you don't have kids, you can read it, you know, like little kids anymore. You can read it to your grandkids. You can go to a library and donate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Go yeah. to some of those, uh, the the book things that are on the corners, you know, the free books, lend a book, give a book, uh, anywhere, like seed our world with this book. It is so <laughs> important. It has Thank such an you. important lesson. And it's so timely right now. Yeah. I mean, clearly yeah. we need it. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I love it. Um, I'm 100% behind it. And I just really, I love you both too. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Too. 
Thank Back you. At you. Love. Thank you for creating this gift. And uh, and I look forward to um, to continuing um, walking along this journey with you to create yes. a safer, more peaceful and loving world. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let it in. Let the healing begin.